guy like that could seem smart and normal, right? Well, yeah, they, they usually do. Yeah. Look, Miranda, I don't want to scare you. But if you're right and there is a second killer out there, then he is frantically trying to cover his trail right now. And you are a big threat to this guy, because who knows how much more you know. But I don't know anything else. You saw the tattoo. You found the girl at the barn. Yeah, but I found all that by instinct. This guy is facing the electric chair. He doesn't have the luxury of believing in instinct or ghosts. He's got to believe that Doug confessed to you what he was doing. But he didn't confess. Maybe he didn't spill it out loud, but... Well, you know, you're a psychiatrist. There's a lot of ways to confess. I'm just trying to put myself in this guy's place. Then why didn't he go back to Willow Creek? You mean take care of the girl, clean up the evidence? Yeah. Well, that's how you get caught. You panic. Better let the dust settle. What about you? He's desperate. Yeah. Desperate enough to, uh, talk to me. Well, you're right. I do fit the profile. Longtime friend of Doug's. Access to the prison. I never did get a kick out of torturing animals. Hello all of you wonderful people out there, welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And my name is Chuck. And this week, Chuck and I are going to be discussing the 2003 film Gothica, directed by Matteo... I'm not going to even bother trying to pronounce this guy. He's a French guy. He's a French guy. His name is spelt Matthew, but it's actually pronounced Matteo. I, I looked that much up, and that's as far as I got. I apologize. Yeah, I'm um, not going to try and either. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not going to try. And it's basically basically starring uh, Halle Berry and a bunch of other people that I'm not even going to bother with because they really don't matter to the plot of the story except for, you know, Penelope Cruz. Well, this movie... Charles Dutton matters. John Carroll Lynch kinda. matters. Kind of? Kind of. Kind of? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. They're the, they they're add the, nothing to this. They add nothing to this story except for the ending. Well, they're the they're which the, we'll get to. Which is they're the whole reason why what happens happens. Are they? Yeah. Are you sure about this? Yeah, because I mean, if, if there's the, some paranormal activity going on in this movie that has nothing to do with either one of these gentlemen, <laughs> it's just it it happens for no reason. Right, but the 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 incident that she has the first time would never have happened if these two never did what they did. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I'm just saying, like, for look, I'm getting ahead of myself. I like this movie. I thought this movie was awesome. Really. I, I have some problems with the I have some problems with the end. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to go the opposite direction with this movie because one it's a Halle Berry movie where she's the star I don't not a, a co-star. I don't have a problem with Halle Berry. I don't have a problem with Halle Berry. I think she's a, a fine actress for what she did during her heyday. I I know I complain about this kind of thing 
all the time when it comes up and I'm never going to stop. It's just going to be a constant with me. Why is it that all of these older movies like post 2010 for some reason has just the dumbest security the dumbest guards and just like we're just gonna we're just gonna let them escape this and we're we're chased there's a scene in this movie where they literally she's hiding in a pool and there are two guards that walk by and they just decide to make a joke it's a goof and they laugh about something and then they walk off like yeah let's get out of here whatever so I, I, I know you're comparing this to the <laughs> island and no, 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 well, I mean, not I mean, even. I mean, the, I, thought I this, mean, the I, breakout scene, like, like, cause you made a big, a big ordeal with the security guards in the island as well, too. Very, very true. The difference in this is she worked there for years. So she knows the ins and outs of that place, like the back of her hand. So that is the only way I will forgive this is because she knows it so well. If it wasn't for that, I would be on your side about that 100%. But hey, 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 buddy, I know we're uh, walking through this place, but let's just look in the pool. Let's look in the pool. They did. They actually shined their lights in the pool. She just hid in the corner on the darkest end of it so she would blend in with the... I guess. I guess. Does it fully make sense? It does not make a whole lot of sense. I not every I, I like this movie this, a though. lot better th- Go ahead. I like this movie a lot better than The Island. Oh yeah, me too. This is this is leaps and bounds better than The Island. Oh, by far. And I'm so actually and, I haven't and watched also this. Also to take another to, to take another small dig at Lee. This is also when uh, leaps and bounds beyond Dreamcatcher. Oh, like this is this oh, is this far. is Shakespeare compared to that movie. <laughs> and I'm surprised you actually asked to do this film because I was talking about it for a while as a psychiatric thriller and <clears throat> You were like, eh, at first. Then you suggest it, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I actually haven't watched yeah. this movie in, oof, 10 to 15 years. and That's a while. Yeah, and I had forgotten the actual like plot line, which I was thankful for. Um, <laughs> but it was, it still kept, like, it still kept my attention the entire time. Yes. Like I I was like your attention. And I think the biggest thing is is it's it's an it's an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's really short. Short? That was a normal film back in nineties and the early two thousands. I mean now that you're right. Now that we're used to two and a half hour movies, you're right. This is a short film. This is not that long at all. No, but I I did. I I enjoyed it, except we'll get to my problems with the end. Because I was whoa, okay. Um I thought Halle Berry did an amazing job playing a psychiatrist that goes nuts but doesn't go nuts yep. and kind of skate in that line. I thought she did a fantastic job, especially during like the beginning stages of like what happened, her intake, the initial things that she's going through when she finds out that she's being institutionalized. I thought all of that was fantastic. Robert Downey Jr. So for whatever reason, I just assumed that Robert Downey Jr. didn't get his big comeback until he did Iron Man. Like, everything before that, I thought he was just in, like, a drug-induced thing. Like, I, there was not much going on with him for, a, like, a, what, a decade or more. Like, he had a pretty decent run in the 80s. Like, he was clearly, like, the next up-and-coming star in the 80s. Right. Like, there was a lot of people who thought, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, about to 
take Tom Cruise's spot, you know, in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, he has his problems. Yep. And he goes away. Well, he went to jail. And I, oh, he went to jail? Yeah, for drug issues. Did he really? I believe. <laughs> you know, he went I, to jail. I believe so. Hold on one second. Keep talking. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that he went to jail. Anyways, but I didn't. I, I did not expect to see him pop up in this movie because I didn't look at anything when I went into it. I wanted to go into a blind. Um, when you and Lee uh, usually, you know, suggest something to me that I don't know much about, I usually like to go into a blind. Sometimes I look at the cast listing. Sometimes I won't. Um, what I looked about about this was just the cover, and I said, "Okay, yeah, sure, fine, I'm in." Didn't really look up anything else. So when he popped up, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Robert Downey Jr." And this is before Iron Man. I thought he was gone, nope. <laughs> so it well, was it was it was surprising to me. Well, he had done um, U.S. Marshals prior to in the late nineties. He was in U.S. Marshals. Yeah, he was bad guy in u.s marshals with um wesley snipes and and the, the you know it was basically the fugitive part two <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 but i'm trying to i'm he was the bad guy i have a confession to make so i like the fugitive and i like u.s marshals but the, you the fugitive is just the superior film out of the two that that's the one that kind of stands out in my mind it is it really because it's. It, I mean, it's. it's you yeah, got Harrison yeah. Ford, who was phenomenal in the film. That's that's the thing. Um, that's the thing, and what that's based off of a true story. The Fugitive is based off of the truth of a true story. U.S. Marshals was nothing. U.S. Marshals was just a story. No, they were just following the team. They were doing a sequel of the team that sure that was in U. That was in the Fugitive. But Robert Downey Jr. was the bad guy in U.S. Marshals. Um, I completely forgot about him. He was okay. super young. But yeah, in 96, he got arrested for drugs and cocaine and heroin. I mean, he was pardoned a while later, but he, you know, he had a big, wow. big drug issue. Um, yeah, he had a big problem. He had a big problem. So, I mean, he's doing, I personally thought that he did fantastic in this film playing his part. So did I. Like, I thought so it was perfect I. for him. When I first saw him, I was like, eh, because when he first pops up and he walks into the room, he's all wide eyed and kind of bloodshot. And I was like, eh, was this a good idea putting him in this movie? Like he looked a little (laughs) bit out of it. But as the movie goes on and even as the movie went on, I thought he was going to be like the bad guy. Really? Because he's creeping on her. He's creeping on her pretty hardcore at the beginning of this movie. Well, they, they address that, too. Which, they address it, but it's just like the way that it starts. Like, hey, we're gonna go get something to eat. Come on, you gotta eat. Come get pizza with me, please. You gotta eat. We gotta we gotta celebrate my circumcision, right? And then later on, he just pops up out of nowhere with an umbrella and walks into her car and then follows her down the road. It's like <laughs> it's, okay, guys. And it's right after, right after her husband leaves. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. Like it was amazing. Exit husband. Enter Robert Downey Jr. and hit on her. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. But anyways, uh, from realities out of the way, let's just get right into this. This is going to be a quick one for us this evening. So the movie opens up with a psychiatrist by the name of Miranda Gray, played by Halle Berry, and her patient, who is a psychiatric inmate, Chloe, played by Penelope Cruz. And she is rambling on about how the devil visits her in her cell, and she's burning from within, and just a whole bunch of 
imagery of, of that sort. And in actuality, she's locked up for uh, cutting her stepfather's Adam's apple in half like a piece of fruit on a summer's day. Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. All so, right. So All this, right. so this, that, that line right there is the one thing that confuses me at the very end of the movie. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, it must be something that I missed because, yeah. Hmm. Um, we find out why she did this, and we find out that her stepfather he he was he was touchy and a little bit too friendly, and she just wanted it to stop. And I'm putting it very nicely. Yep. Uh, she snaps and tells Dr. Gray that she's burning as well and that she's dead, and she completely loses it. She goes complete schizo, starts screaming. She's manic. And she's being carried out and carried somewhere off. And as we go into the opening credits, we get the two images of Dr. Gray leaving and Chloe being carried off. And then I, I again, I complain about this every time, but the guards just let her go and let her walk into her cell by herself. They just put her down like she's screaming right in front, right behind them. One minute, right behind one minute, her. right behind them, one minute and it's chaos. And then they just up oh, time to put her down and they put her down gently and just all hands off. And what? Yeah. No. Why? Uh, because it's Penelope Cruz. <laughs> so so here's so here's here's my here's my question about this whole thing and i was watching the film again and i was like i don't get why they do this whenever they show a tv show or a movie and you enter into a psych ward of some sort it always has that blue haze to it that blue tint the lights are bluish tint um do they do that just for like the like the imagery of it being like a creepy thing or I, I I don't understand like the blue hue that is all it's either blue or a greenish hue that is always in a psych ward setting. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's really, really bright. Have you ever seen um Girl Interrupted? No. It's it, it's it's another movie and it's a bunch of women in a psychiatric ward. Only it's very vibrant and very bright. Like like the sun plays a big role in that movie for whatever reason. Wow. It's weird. It's odd. It's odd for that. But I know what you mean. Like I know exactly what like you even mean. When you look at the, even when you look at the um the title of this movie, like the cover, it's a blue hue. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> like she's blue. Wasn't in the movie. I? <laughs> Wasn't I complaining about bluish hues when we did the island too? Because just Michael Bay has that aesthetic. That's a yeah, but that's a Michael Bay thing. <laughs> I know. This I know. is like even but the cover have... of this mo- the movie cover of this is blue. <laughs> like it's it's blue over a dark blue background. It, it's just blue. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways. She gets to her boss's slash husband's office and basically gives him the rundown of what's going on with Chloe. He offers her some encouragement and all is well. And then in enters Robert Downey Jr. looking a bit eh, but Mm. I'm going to forgive it after we had the preamble about him. And he immediately begins to hit on her. Like he leaves to go do something 
And he's immediately like, hey, let's get together for dinner. Let's go out for pizza. The boss told me to keep an eye on you. Are you sure you don't want to go? He gets a cigar from the boss earlier, and the, bo- the boss is like, here, let me circumcise that for you. And he even makes a joke about that at the end. He's like, we have to celebrate my circumcision. And he actually looks down on himself for a minute, and it's the creepiest thing in the world. And I'm like, this is the guy. This is going to be the guy in the movie that's going to be like, I want her. If I can't have her, nobody can. That's what I initially thought. That was my first time watching it. That's what I thought, too. <clears throat> it's it, it lays it on kind of thick. Yeah. They do uh, a good job. They later, do a good job giving you the runaround, though, because you honestly they really they do. You honestly do. have no idea until the end. I did not. I will say that I did not suspect who it ends up being at all. At all, I didn't. I didn't see that coming at all. My my eyes were on Robert Downey Jr. from beginning to and, around the end. Yep, it did a really good job at that. I will say that. Um, later that evening, there's a massive storm going on as she's typing up her final report for the day. The power goes out. She goes for a swim, and as she's heading home, again here comes Robert. Out of nowhere, Robert Downey Jr. shows up creepy from behind with an umbrella follows her to her car tells her the boss told me to keep an eye on you so i'm gonna drive you down the road follows her in his car down the road and then they part ways and yeah sure (laughs) sure all right she's on her way home the main road is out there's a sinkhole she she's the sheriff. The sheriff is like, nah, you got to go around. You got to take the bridge that me and your husband, you know, go fishing on, blah, blah, blah. So she's traveling down this road and she ends up on this rickety bridge. And there is a woman in lingerie standing there in the middle of the road. Dr. Gray crashes her car. And this woman who's just standing there, who Dr. Gray crashes help, suddenly combusts into flames. Well, she's freaking out. She's crying. She's all scratched up. She f- yeah. She combusts in the flames, yes. touches yes. Chloe, uh, I mean, uh, Miranda, and then... Yeah, touched, yeah. All of a yeah. sudden... Black. Black, and next scene, Halle <laughs> Berry she, is waking up. She's waking up in the cell. Yep. She is being drugged. Robert Downey Jr. is there to it, it, not administer a drug, but aid in getting her drugged up. So even more like, this is the guy... Oh, yeah. This is now you're drugging her. This is the guy. This is a setup. What is happening here? They talk about the last thing that she remembers. Um, and she's going through the steps. She's like, I saw you. I went for a swim. I was heading home. I had to take a detour. Skips over the fact that there was a woman there initially. I went home. Oh, there was a woman. And then she basically runs on that for a minute. Then we learn that, no, no, no. Back up. You killed your husband, he's dead, and you've been canatonic for basically three days. And then she loses her mind, they drugged her again, we get a whole bunch of visual images of a very bloody crime scene, and that's the end of that. Well, you have to to go back, too, because when she's having her initial conversation with Penelope Cruz's character, the line that Penelope Cruz states, you know, we were talking about this before, when somebody thinks that you're crazy, no matter what you say... No matter what, yeah. It just makes you seem that much more crazy. And they, I, 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 they, they do reiterate this later on in the film when they're in the courtyard. That's where I wrote that down because it's just, I felt like it was a little bit more prudent there. But you're right. This, this happened, you know, earlier on too. I, I mean, right it's, in the beginning. And they lay that on. Yeah. So now they already think that Halle Berry's character, Miranda, is 
crazy that she's temporarily insane. So now no matter what she says, no matter what she does, it's from this place of insanity versus a place of actually having a grip on reality. If you want to look at this movie as like an allegory for psychiatric care and how it kind of fails (laughs) in a lot of respect, I mean, I guess you could because they're both absolutely right. If you're deemed crazy, the more and more you try to convince somebody that what you're seeing is real or what hap or what's happening to you is real, the more nuts you're going to seem to regular people. It's right. like a it's like a thing. It's a stigma, and it it kind of sucks. Um. Anyways, don't ever get don't now ever get uh, diagnosed with insanity because then you're never coming out of it. And that was our never. And we, you know, we had just. It's not released. You know, it will probably be released by the time this comes up. But we had just done um, Shutter Island, <clears throat> and yeah, that you know, we had the conversation there too. That you know, when they, no matter you know, what you say, what you do, they're gonna think that you're crazy and you're there forever. Um, yeah. So this this movie it's, had a it's di- unfortunate, this movie had a different. It- spin to it than that movie did though (laughs) yeah it did very much very much so um so now dr gray finds herself in in the common area of this mental facility and chloe is there and she basically says can you feel it you're invisible now no one's ever going to believe you again. And the more you try to convince people that you're sane, the more insane you're going to appear. Then she gives her a newspaper clipping of the murder story and bada boom, bada bing. That's the end of that. All right. Now I am with this story completely. I am enthralled, but then they had to go and throw a whole bunch of supernatural into it. That just kind of throws everything up in the air and then I really don't know what to think. Later on that night in her cell, a ghost, a ghost breathes onto the glass door of her cell and writes, not alone. Yep. And Dr. Gray convinces herself that she's dreaming. And then she is woken up the next morning by a nurse ready to give her a whole bunch of meds. And then she is hurried off to the group shower. Really? Okay. Yep. Um, She's hearing voices. All of the faces in I, the shower scene, all of these women's faces become incredibly distorted. It is... The imagery is amazing. I will say this. I Because I, this is one area where you and I are a little bit, you know, different. When it comes to, to nudity in a film, uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, if they... Like, in They Live, you know, it like... It, like it wasn't even needed. It was funny, but it was just funny. Like it was funny. Um, but I will say, having what's the matter, baby? Yeah, <laughs> so bad, <laughs> so bad. Like she just sits there and screams, "No!" Um, That's awesome. But in this part of this film, when they're when they're showing thirty plus women in this like group shower, they do a really good job. You see nothing. There is nothing gratuitous or sexy about this shower scene at, at all. all. At all. This is depressing. This is just depressing. This is horrible. <clears throat> I could I could I is, couldn't do it. Neither could I. This is just this seems this seems like torture. This seems yeah. like absolute torture. 
So she's in the, like I was saying, she's in the shower, faces are becoming, she's clearly having some type of, well, I don't know. I don't know if she's having a hallucination or I don't know if it's supernatural. That's what, mm, like if I'm watching a movie and they firmly establish in the beginning of the movie, like within the first couple of scenes that some supernatural nonsense is going to be happening, I can usually swallow everything that's going to happen throughout the rest of the film. But when you introduce this movie and it's like, we are going to tell a thriller about, you know, psychiatrics and you have, excuse me, and you have a psychiatrist, a well-trained psychiatrist as your main protagonist. And then all of a sudden in like scene four or five or wherever we are and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah by the way supernatural nonsense it's like yeah oh okay fine okay well they as when you see when you see her drive off the road at the bridge and she right. goes up the girl you you see before she it blacks out you do see her engulf in flames and then the girl disappears I understand that. So you have this sense that now she is possessed, for lack of better words. I, I didn't get that until way later. Okay. If that's my fault. That's my fault. But I didn't get that sense until way later. So that's what I was... Anyways. The th- so here's where I would tend to agree with you. If, if she is possessed, if she's possessed... Oh, she's possessed. Why, is, we, the, why that, is the ghost roaming around freely outside of her body? Scratching her arm. I don't. Scratching her arm with not alone. I breathing I on the no door idea. with not alone. That's the only part I where I was like, uh, either she's possessed or she's not. <laughs> it it seems like it seems like the movie wants to play fast and loose with those rules, which fine. It just it it feels the one negative thing I'll say about this movie is the possession feels like an afterthought. Like they went in and they added that in after they were done, and they were like, oh, we can do this really cool thing now, like. It doesn't really fit. I I would have preferred it better if it wasn't a, a possession, but it was more of like a. If it's just a flat out ghost pointing her in the right direction, I would swallow that so much easier than that's the what I was saying. Like if it wasn't a possession, but it was more like a like this this the supernatural thing was you know coaxing her or antagonizing her or. Because they do a really good job with that in the film when they're when she's in the when she's in the room before she escapes, yeah. and you see you see it going back and like through the through the wall, the mm-hmm. glass wall, and then back through the wall and through her hair, and you see how it's moving. I thought that was really really cool. Um, if it they, could have been your typical, it could have been your typical follow the light movie trope, whatever that you've you've seen a million. Like it could have been so much simpler there, but they had to like lump in this possession part. And, and like you said, either she's possessed or she's not. Right. And she was clearly possessed when she went and did what she did, and now all of a sudden she's not, and the ghost is roaming around freely. You're absolutely right. It's yeah, it's either kind of fast and loose. Typically, it's either one or the other. In this case, it's both, but. Right. So that same woman who was in the middle of the road, much more on her later, she begins to attack Dr. Gray, slicing her arm multiple times. And just it's a it's a big commotion. All the ladies in the shower, they run out screaming, fearing for their lives. And Halle Berry is laying there and she is now developing a pool of blood beneath her. Thirty nine cuts. Yeah. 39 cuts in her arm. What I, I'm sorry. What I don't get is when they're in the when they're in the 
the what do they call it in a in a prison or a ward like that when you go to the to see the doctor um infirmary infirmary when they're in there and they're like yeah she cut herself 39 times i'm sorry you don't <laughs> cut yourself 39 times that fast a no write something that way b and nope. do it so it looks like that and actually be conscious while you're doing it Zero. Zero. Like you're, Zero. You're passing out one or two cuts in if you're doing it that deep. There's more. There's there's I have other things to add to this. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Um I I'm also pretty confident that if if she did somehow manage to cut herself 37, 39 times that deep and carve not alone in her arm, she would have bled out, she'd be dead. <laughs> like I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say this. Like it's potentially there's, there's yeah. the, the the possibility of her surviving that is slim to none. So now, of course, of course, the staff thinks that she did this to herself with a scalpel. What scalpel? That's the thing is they, they can't don't find know it. how. No, 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 no. They say what scalpel? How did one of them get a scalpel in there? We don't really know. That's the answer. They don't indulge on this at all. They don't go looking for the scalpel. We don't hear anything about them asking other patients about a scalpel. Nothing else about the scalpel comes out throughout the rest of the movie. And she's the crazy one. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. Doesn't work that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. This is a this is this is a psychiatric. This is a hospital where there are mental patients being held and you think you have a missing scalpel. This should be this should be priority number 1. Like I don't know, somebody's going to hurt themselves. Not just, well, we, we don't know how it got in there, but oh well, we're, we're just going to move on because movie. Yeah. I don't I little things like that bother me so much. I know I should I know I should just let it go. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Anyways, they also think that Chloe has been stalking her, so they put her in solitary confinement. Now, this is Robert Downey Jr.'s doing. Again, another little nugget of information about this guy that makes him seem like the creep. Like, okay, now now you know, you're you're locking up patients that even remotely know this woman. Good. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Anyways, they have a sit down as he's taking her vitals and blood pressure and listening to her heartbeat. And they get into a conversation about whether or not they wanted to have an affair. He wanted to have an affair. He thought she wanted to have an affair. And the reason why they didn't is because she was married to the boss. Yep. What else am I supposed to think? <laughs> they do a really good job. Yeah, they do at, a at that really point, good job you know, with that. At that point, you're right. Get him out. They exactly. He's out of the way. Yep. But then, but then, what's stopping them now? But that's that's your question: is what's stopping you now? She does ask that question. Yeah. We don't really get the best answer, but <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Anyways, so she um she basically tells him she's like, "Listen, I want a new doctor because I can't trust anybody who thinks I'm crazy." Which is really good advice. All right, it's great great information. Perfect. It's lawyer time. 
Her lawyer shows up, basically tells her, listen, the evidence is overwhelming. There's fingerprints all over the place. They have you at the scene. You were covered in his blood. The sheriff saw you heading home. The sheriff saw you there. The jury is going to think that you're a, 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 a world-renowned uh, you know, psychiatric professional. You're, you're a genius. And you, if anybody's going to know how to act crazy to get themselves off for murder, it would be you. So we have a really big problem. The sheriff arrives, and he has some questions, but he just can't contain himself. He loses it, asking her, why did you do it? He loved you, the whole thing. Okay, then he throws a whole bunch of crime photos in her face, and it's just a bloody mess all over the table. Then her arm begins to bleed, so now she's got the stigmata. It's not just, well, no, the stigmata is the the hands and the feet. No, this the- is clearly this is clearly the stigmata. That's clearly what they're going for here. <laughs> her arm starts her bleeding. Her arm just begins to bleed. Yep. Out of nowhere. Yep. What's happening to your arm? Like her the bandage just gets soaked. And when she removes the bandage, looking at how deep these cuts are, that's my evidence for why she would be dead. If she Most actually likely. did this in the shower. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She starts to bleed. She freaks out. But here's and the, but she here's the, is but taken here's the, away. But here's the kicker. Well, no. She takes the bandage off. The bleeding is no longer happening. She's not bleeding anymore. It just bleeds into the bandage. Once the bandage is off, right. the bleeding stops. We see that yes. her arm says, not alone, for the first time. This is Not our, alone. This is our first time that we see that. As she sees that... No, 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 no. We saw the ghost right not alone on the glass. No, I mean, on her, when she gets her arm cut. Okay. This is our first right, time sure. seeing it on her arm. So you see it on the glass. Now we see it on her arm. And then she shuffles some of the, pi- the pictures that are in front of her. And she moves it down. And she sees that not alone was written in blood on the wall of her house. Um, right. So that's the third time later, that we've seen Not Alone. Later on that night, she is sedated. She is in bed and she has a dream about the events that happened on the night of her husband's death, murder. Only they're playing in reverse. Reverse, right. Writing Not Alone in, in blood on the walls. Her husband bracing for the oncoming attack. Her outside of the house grabbing an axe. Back on the road in the rain. Face to face with this woman right before she combusts into flames. And then it goes into forward motion when she combusts into flames. And then, like you said, full on possession. Right. Why? I'm done. Because. (laughs) Reasons. Reasons, exactly. All right. She's back in, in an office in her in her husband's office as they're cleaning everything up or the, 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 the warden's office. I don't really know who this guy is. And we find out the name of this woman. It's Rachel Parsons. Was uh, she committed suicide? She's been dead for a long time, but Dr. Gray adamantly adamantly tells them that is the girl that I saw. I saw her. Yeah. She's never seen her before. Never seen her before. Now she's seeing her in this picture. But, right. however, so, so this, was the, this, was a question, this was the question I had about this. She talks to the, to the warden of the place. Mm-hmm. She works yes. there. She yep. knows this guy personally. Yep. Doesn't know his daughter. I guess not. <laughs> That's a really good point. 
That's a really good point. Didn't right. know that his yeah. daughter committed suicide four years prior to, and that she's been missing now for four years. I, I sat there and watched it. I was like, how does... So, you know, here's the thing. is back in 2003, 2004, when I first watched this movie, I, I loved movies then. I did not analyze them as much as I do now. So when I watched it then, that thought never went through my mind. When I watched it recently, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, do, Okay, hang on. Do, do Lee and I have something to do with the way that you analyze movies now? No, because now I now that I'm watching oh, when I'm okay. watching it for the podcast a lot now, like I can I can turn it off. Like when I'm sometimes, <laughs> I can still I I I'll analyze a film even if it is full of holes. If I like the movie, I like the movie. I don't care. I like the movie. Okay. Um, okay. So like like we all know that Equilibrium is full of holes. I still enjoy the movie. Like I I still like I, the movie. Um. This movie has about a half dozen holes in it. It was still a great film. Would I watch it yeah. four times a year? No. Is it a no? Is it you know? Is it something I'd watch every once in a great while? Sure. Um, but as I, as I started watching it, I'm like, huh? Like interesting. <laughs> Like, like she knows this guy. He's close with her. This is a really good point. This is a really good point. They do, they do come off as close at the beginning of the movie. They come off as close here. He even says, like, we know you have no family. Your family is gone. We're your family now. You don't know that this guy had a daughter that committed suicide four years ago? Okay. <laughs> and you've been one of the most renowned <laughs> doctors there for how long? <laughs> You're right. You're, you're, wow, you're right. You're absolutely right. I completely glossed over that. Good so that, call. So that Anyways. was, that was my big stink with this whole, that was like, I, I, like, it would be different if it was like, okay, it, it was a, it was a picture of her. It happened to be like his cousin's daughter and she had committed suicide and he had the picture because he was close with his cousin and their family and she didn't know about that. I'm fine with that. Like Lee is one of my best friends. I don't know his cousins. I don't know what goes on with his extended family, you know? So if something happened on his cousin's daughter's side, like I wouldn't know about it. Um, so that would be more realistic than this was my daughter, but we're family. Like I consider you family, but you don't know my daughter. You never have. It just, it, it, that was the big hole for me. In this, no, I know what you mean. In this, in this part, I know exactly what you mean. Anyways, where am I? Okay, so later on that night, Rachel's uh, footprints. I'm just gonna call her Rachel now because it, that's the ghost in the movie. Her footprints are approaching Doctor Gray's cell, and Doctor Gray goes through the whole gambit of of rationality. I am rational. I do not believe in the paranormal. I do not believe in ghosts. However, but if, you, <laughs> if this is the ghost of Rachel, are, open the cell for me. If this is the ghost of Rachel Parsons, you'll open the cell door and voila, the door <laughs> opens. Okay. I guess you do believe in ghosts now, hun. So. I'm sorry. I would. At that point, I would begin to believe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a believer now. She exits the cell, 
and she looks down to one end of the hallway and she sees Rachel going somewhere. She doesn't follow. She's too scared. She goes in the opposite direction. And she cleverly, not cleverly, she hides behind a door to avoid a couple of randos who are, you know, roaming around the halls doing their job. She eventually finds herself in Robert Downey Jr.'s... Okay. <laughs> she grabs a screwdriver. Which opens up she, every single door. She breaks the glass to open up a door. And nobody and then hears she it. uses it. And then she uses it to wedge another door open. So we are establishing that the cameras in this place suck and there's no alarms on these doors at all. I don't care what year it is. It is 2003. Your security should be at a point where it's like if a door opens without a key or a key card or a glass breaks, somebody should hear it. Yep. Am I wrong? Nope. (laughs) Is it just me? Why? I thought this... I was watching. I'm going. How come no one heard the the glass break on the door? Like no one heard the glass break. Minute, like like like. Okay, let's say the alarm system is just shot. Okay, minimum. How come no one heard the glass break on the door? Minimum, like, like minimum. I can understand. Like there's there's a, there's a security guard later on in this movie who's just like he's 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 your typical he's your typical badge guy just just hanging out at a desk you could tell that he loves donuts like and that's just that's just who he is like if it's just him and he's sleeping and he doesn't notice her on the camera I forgive that but for nobody else to hear the glass break right. And with, the, sure. with apparently the amount of people that are in this place for security. There's a guy that, there's a guy, she hides behind the door and a guy walks like right in front of her and it's just like, nope, well, oh well. well. He's, a jan- dum, 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 he's dum. the janitor, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter. You still, hey, help, like something. So she avoids a couple of randos. She breaks open a couple of doors. She's in Robert Downey Jr.'s office looking for whatever. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, on the computer monitor, Rachel's suicide story comes up. How? And now was he, and, and she's was, look- was was Robert Downey Jr. researching it or did Rachel pop it up just magically? I, I think Rachel popped it up magically. That makes sense. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so she pops this up ma- and then... There's, you know, the cam vision or whatever on the PC monitor, and it's of Rachel outside of Chloe's cell. And Dr. Gray runs to help. Now, I don't know where Chloe's cell is exactly, but we found we found out earlier that she was in solitary confinement. So wherever she is, Dr. Gray managed to get from her spot in Robert Downey Jr.'s office all the way to solitary confinement, and nobody saw her. No. <laughs> okay. No, of course not. You say that like I'm the crazy one for thinking that somebody <laughs> would see her. No, I say that like No, of course not. Of course, of course not. No. 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 They had to make the movie. <laughs> so the only <laughs> the, the only way to make this part possible for her to see what Chloe was talking about is for her to get there unseen. I guess so. Well, if she got if she got caught, she would never have seen the tattoo. I sure. <laughs> Anyways, 
Hey, it's Halle Berry. She can't get caught. I, I know. I know. I know. Anyways, she's outside Chloe's cell. And Chloe, uh, she's not doing too good in the cell. Nope. She's, um, she's having a really hard time. And all of a sudden, there's a bare-chested man who has a, a tattoo of a woman, and it's biblical, and he's in that cell with her, and, and things aren't great. Things aren't great. So, so he, And so, then she's subdued. So here's my question. How come no one knows that this guy is going into a prison cell in solitary confinement in a psychiatric ward? Nothing. <laughs> no one knows that he's in the cell. Like, no one knows that he's even there. Like they trust him. Well, well, they trust him. We find out that he has access later on in the film to the psych to the to the to the to the ward itself. But can he just walk in and out of any? Does, does he have keys to everything? Are people not? Does, they, is he not on camera? Talk about security. Is he not on camera walking down the hall, going into the door? Like, it should be very easy to know what's going on in the cell. Like, very easy. He is, he is trusted in this community. <laughs> he's, he's, I don't, I don't know. I have no answers to this. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. So these, so I'll be honest. The, because I started seeing all this again after 15 years of not watching the movie, <laughs> I figured these would be the reasons why you hated the movie. To be honest, <laughs> these are these these are the problems that I have. Yes. but they are not. They are not. They are not. I I still like this movie. I still do like this movie. So Dr. Gray wants to help her. Tattooed man. Everything else. She's subdued. She tries to tell Robert Downey Jr. everything that's happening and that she's not crazy, but he's not trying to hear any of this. Nope. Of course, he thinks she's nuts. Of course. <sighs> okay. She's sent to another cell because the reasoning behind her door opening in the first place was, oh, there are electric problems, so we got to put you in a different cell. This this got to calm down. And now she's in this room. Solitary. And the lights start flickering. Yeah, the lights start flickering. And Rachel is in there with her and starts knocking her all around this room. This is the reason why I asked you and Lee if you wanted to do Fight Club, because of this scene right here. Just, it reminded me of Fight Club. We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> like I said we'll talk about it later. <laughs> like wow. Okay. <laughs> sure. Right. His name is Robert Paulson. Anyways. So so here's the thing is they're they're at this point in time the guards are like she's trying to commit suicide. No. Like the way no. that she is bouncing from wall to wall if they rewind and if they like back up on any of the film and they see her get picked up and tossed into this shelf that is hanging right. on the wall, right? They're going to sit there and say, Oh, right. this isn't her. Like again, to your <laughs> point, it's on film. She did a full on moonsault onto the bed and the bed broke. And then she, you're right. She is picked up and thrown into a wooden shelf that is hanging on the wall. But Every, no one, no one thinks. Let's go watch the video. No, no, not at all. Not answer. Not at all. All the questions. 
Okay. Where am I? Where am I? Okay. Here, here's a problem that I have. <laughs> I, I forget. I think it was like, I think the last time I talked about anything like this was probably the first episode of Andor where Lee and I had this, this, this little tiff, or I did. So the guard and the nurse come into the room. As Halle Berry is laying there, well, Dr. Gray is laying there, she's out cold. But they still want to drug her, just to be sure, right? And they get close, and the guard puts his hand on her, and Halle Berry just gently pushes him off, and he's knocked out. He does not hit her, hit him, with anything. There's no object that comes into play. Nothing else happens. She very gently pushes him away. And he's out cold. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't you didn't see that one coming? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was I. <laughs> Halle Berry has to escape somehow, and this is the way they do it. I guess she. This was was this before? No, this was this was well after X Men. So she. I guess they just. Oh well, she stormed. So yeah, this is believable, right? Yeah, I think Anyways, X-Men was what, 2000, 2000? X-Men came out in 99. Was it 99? Was it really that? I think the first X-Men movie came out in 99, or I think the first X-Men movie hit theaters in 99, or maybe it was 2000. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. What matters is she was stormed long before this, so maybe they just thought, hey, let's just run with it. Just, just, just push him off to the side, and he's out cold. I, I, he just he falls to the ground unmoving like like he had been shot by a large gun he just falls wow wow just lifeless I, she didn't hit him with anything here's 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 the crazy part is he gets that little shove and he's knocked out she gets wrangled for 10 minutes and she gets <laughs> up and walks away by a ghost by a ghost Unbelievable. Unreal. Yet believable. Anyways. No. I, I, yeah. So so she did so, so she did X-Men. She did X-Men in 2000. Yep. Okay, it was 2000. X-Men 2 in 2003, the same time she did this movie. Good. Good. Makes sense. Makes all the sense in the world. So she has superpowers everywhere now. Okay. I'm just... I'm trying to make sense of this, but I'm I'm failing miserably. I'm wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she steals the nurse's keys and then she makes her escape. She runs past every guard in this facility. They are not trying all that hard to capture her. She jumps from like one cell block or or one cell rung to another to the floor. They don't follow her. They just stare at her and, and shine the flashlight on her like that's going to do something. And that they just let her run away. She makes it to the pool. And I already said this. She hides in the pool. The reason why I have a problem with these two guards is they walk by the pool. They shine the flashlight in the pool like you said. They don't see her. They laugh it off. They laugh and make a joke about something and then exit, exit, exit stage left. Yep. They're gone. Yep. It's like, great job, guys. Great job, because this is a time to be cracking jokes. What are we doing? And then she just, then she makes it to the main lobby. Well, she or, sees or Rachel under the whatever. She sees Rachel under the water. She throws a. Okay. She freaks out. She jumps out of the water, and the guards don't even hear that. It, no, no, 
No. Nope. And I'm, and I'm almost positive that if there was any competence amongst these guards at all, somebody would look down and be like, oh my god, this water, a trail, I wonder where it goes. Let's follow it. Nothing like that happens. Nothing like that happens. Nope. She manages to make it to the main intake, and she sees her buddy... She saw this guy before earlier in the film. I skipped over him because he doesn't matter. He's just, he's the desk guy. He's sitting at the desk. He's overweight. He looks like he's had one too many donuts. And he helps her. He helps her escape. He gives her the keys to his car. Yep. And she leaves. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. This is the part of the movie where the entire sh- the movie completely shifts at this point now. It does. Completely it really shifts. Does. This is this is this is a this is a lot. So away she goes. Now, she is full barrel headed away from this facility. Full steam ahead. P- pedal to the metal gone. She narrowly almost crashes with a tanker truck swerves out of control, comes to a screeching stop, and then just screams out at nobody. I'm guessing she's talking to Rachel the ghost. What do you want from me? And then the radio comes on. Papa was a rolling stone by the temptations. Yep. Why? I don't know. So she goes home. She goes home. She she goes home. She goes home. Of course she goes home. Well, she wants to figure out what happened. So, of course. Sure. She she goes home. Yep. And, and... It's still bloody. It's a mess. There's dried blood all over the place. They didn't clean up anything. Of course not. Um, Right? She sees her possessed self with the axe, you know, killing her husband. Her husband's begging for life. She's then later, she's crying over some pictures, and a drop of blood lands on one of the pictures, and she gets the idea that, oh, maybe I should go to his farmhouse and find out what's going on there, because a drop of blood landed on his farmhouse. That's not her. I don't know bl- where the drop of blood came from. That's, that, no, it's not her blood. That's why she's thinking. Not her blood. That's why she's yeah. thinking, maybe, nope. it's, maybe it's a sign. Just, I, just, I, just, I don't know where the blood came from. Nope. Where'd the blood come from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. She gets to the farmhouse and she spends a long time looking around this farmhouse. I fast forwarded like three or four times during this just to get through the notes because I'm like, she's still looking around. She's found nothing. She's still looking around. She's found nothing. And then all of a sudden she finds a dungeon, a full on dungeon. Yep. Video camera. A bed. Change. And loads of drugs. Yep. And not street drugs. I'm talking about the good stuff, the the, the drug drugs that that you get <laughs> psychiatric professionals can get. Yes, exactly. So she turns the camera on and sees her husband uh, torturing some young woman, and then he looks into the camera and says, "It's good to be God. I love you." Who was he talking to? I have no idea. Himself, because he told. He used that it's good to be God line at the beginning of the movie before. You're right. You're right. So it's almost like. I don't know who he's talking to. Yeah. I don't know who he's talking to. That's why when we were going through the opening thing about this movie, I didn't name him because he doesn't matter. Why? Why? Okay. Because he's a sicko. Yeah. The police arrive. How? 
They probably followed. How they know? They probably followed the car. How? Um. Exactly. <laughs> so I had this same question, just like, just like we did. Um, what was the movie? Um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. We did a movie with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Um. Oh, there was part. There was two parts to it. One back in eighty-two, and one twenty forty-nine. Um. Oh! 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 Blade Runner. Blade Runner. <laughs> Blanking that in Blade Runner when he sh- when they when the cops show up to where he is we don't know how he, how they did it you know same question you know I'm like oh you're right I was like you're right you're right you're right how did they you can yeah but you it, it's it's futuristic I'm pretty sure tracking technology in the future if if I see something like that in a futuristic film I forgive it immediately because yeah sure this movie 2003 and this car that's clearly from sometime in the 80s I highly doubt has any kind of low jack on it so no. <laughs> just the cops arrive that's what's important here the cops arrive and there is a frantic young woman who is hiding underneath the stairs i thought this was rachel at first so did i but it's not right because rachel was dead correct this would have been if it was rachel it would have made even less sense correct i'm kind of glad it wasn't rachel <laughs> i'm well, rachel kind was of glad it wasn't Rachel died for they they had found her four years ago. Right, that's why I was it, like it, it would have made no just, sense. It, well, it would have made sense because the force. So it, that that's that would have been the explanation here if it was Rachel. The force. The force. I love it. That's that's exactly what it would have been, but it wasn't. So we're we're good. It's a different woman who uh, went missing a few weeks earlier, and they found her, and all is good with that. Um, we get back to the police station and the sheriff there, he's not happy about this at all because the FBI are going to get involved in this. I wonder why he's not happy. Well, at this point in time, it becomes real obvious. You think? I thought so. Best friends. I didn't get that. Friends. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. I, I, I missed it. I missed it. It didn't hit me until it hit. Like I said, it did a really good job hiding this from me. I didn't see that coming. I, I just, I, I was still kind of fixated on Robert Downey Jr. for some reason. So yeah, he's not really in it anyways. from this point on, though. Which I can see why you would think it's not him. Because he's not, yeah. from this point on, he's not, until the very, very end, he's not really in it as much more. So you're thinking he's doing something behind the scenes. So I can definitely see why someone would think that. Anyways, so, they talk. They talk. And she gives, this guy's name is Doug, the sheriff's name is Doug. She gives him the rundown about who the other person could possibly be. It's probably somebody who had an absent father, who developed an inappropriate relationship or a codependent relationship with their mother, probably liked torturing small animals, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he was, yeah, we, we, we get the full rundown and then he basically outs himself. Oh, yeah, I guess I could see why it would be a prime suspect, but I really didn't enjoy the torturing animals part. And the cover is blown, and we find out that he's been involved with her husband and his murderous ways since the beginning. 
he murdered a woman when he was 15 and, you know, this Doug guy helped him bury the body. The whole gambit. Here's my problem with this. He tries to drug her and, 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 and take care of this, but she, she overcomes this and stabs him with a needle instead. And he's fine. At first. Nothing happens to him. Well, no. He's, no, he's fine up until the end. He's groggy, but this guy's able to be on his feet. Well, he's three times her size, so he gave enough drugs for her. It just took a little longer for him because he's bigger than her. That was my only take on that. So you sure. need a different amount of medication for the, the like, you know, for the size of the body. So it's going to take longer for it to have an effect, which is why it took a little bit longer for the effect to happen to him than it did to her. Okay. That was my only thought process. If it, if it, I, I don't, other than that, I couldn't give you a reason as to why it, except for reasons, movie. Movie being the reason. Yeah. Other than that, no, I you're absolutely tell you. right. So, <laughs> so yeah, he could stab with this needle, and he's groggy. He has his gun or shotgun or whatever, and he just starts firing at her. Doesn't hit her. Hits a gas line though. He hits a gas line. Yep. That, 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 that's no problem. Now they're playing cat and mouse. Okay. And he's steady trying to shoot her. Steady trying to shoot her. And then Rachel makes herself visible to Doug, and he looks at her, and he goes, this doesn't make any sense, this isn't rational, you're already dead, before he shoots at her. His words not mine that you're already dead, and shoots at her anyways. Yes. Right? Causing the... Ex- the bullet, the bullet, no, the bullet <laughs> goes through a computer monitor, and then there is... An explosion of sorts that blows back on just him. Yep. The flames blow back on just him. The police station doesn't explode. Um, Dr. Gray, she is unscathed. Nothing happened. No burn. Nothing. Nothing. This, this fire <laughs> gas does nothing else yep. but burn him. Yep. I think because it was part of Rachel, because she was there. So I think she took in the explosion and then just <laughs> redirected it all on him. Because even when he turns around, he's burning. He's not even yelling like he's being burnt. He's just like, ah. I, and then she gets shot in the yes. head and he dies. And then when he falls down dead, because Miranda shot him in the head, when he's down laying on the ground, there's no more fire. It's gone. It's out. It's done. It's... <clears throat> So, yeah, I have, I have a, I had a slight problem with that as well, too. I have a huge problem with this. This, I don't, this is why I had a problem with, like, the introduction of the supernatural because of things like this. This place, this should have been a big kaboom. Oh, yeah. Like, big, big bang, big kaboom, and everybody's dead. A big bada boom. <laughs> and everybody's dead. Yep. Like even even when Robert Downey Jr. is coming to to save the day, he's dead. Like everybody involved in this right now is gone. Right. <laughs> but no, nope. no. Your explanation though is sound because Rachel, the ghost, redirected the explosion. That's my only thought. That's I again. 
Does it make a hundred percent sense? Nope. Could could it be done just because of reasons? Again, movie. Yes. I could be way off. That's just my only theory on it. And that's how I'm like, okay, I'm going to justify it with that. (laughs) As he's burning, as he's burning, Rachel shoots him in the head. Mind you, as he's burning and not really screaming because it doesn't hurt him. Not not screaming at all. Not screaming at all. And I'm sorry, but... It, the fire. It's the it it's the exact so same fire bad. that they used in Equilibrium. It pro- probably you're probably <laughs> right. It looked even worse because they decided let's burn some of his hair, and it just looked like wow. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> We're pretty, doing that. It, was, it was bad. It was pretty bad. So he's dead, and Robert Downey Jr. is there to apologize that he's sorry for not believing her. I guess, and and we move on. And that's the end of that. And now we're a year later and Dr. Gray and Chloe are saying their goodbyes to one another. She's getting on a bus. She puts her in a cab and then she sees a little boy in the middle of the street pointing to something who's about to get hit by a truck, a fire truck, a fire truck, fire truck. And yeah, he's a ghost. Yep. So he doesn't get hit. Nope. And roll credits the end and they they commit a cardinal sin to me by playing a Limbiscuit song. <laughs> I love it. So, so a cover, <clears throat> a cover of a classic Who song. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that bothered me. So here, that that on a personal level bothered me. So we set up a sequel that I don't think ever happened, mm, unless you know nope. that there's a sequel. Okay, so, perfect. So here's so. So, first of all, why is it called Gothica? Is the name of the ward Gothica? Because I didn't see that. I have no idea why. I, I don't know. Um, so, so I, I have no I, idea. I said at the beginning, this, there, there's one massive issue that I have, and it's at the end of this movie. And here's the end of the movie. So, first, which isn't a huge ordeal, she tells Chloe that she doesn't see these things anymore. And then she sees them. Okay, she realized, okay, for the last year, she hasn't seen anything. She closed the door on that. She doesn't happen again, but now she sees it. Okay, great. Whatever. If they want to set up for, for a, a sequel, but they never did it, you know, whatever. The issue that I have, I don't care. Like, okay, maybe she doesn't belong in a mental facility. But Chloe mm-hmm. murdered somebody. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She yes. murdered. She openly admitted to slitting the throat <laughs> of her stepfather and slicing his Adam's apple like a piece of fruit on a warm summer's yes. day. Yes. Openly admit <clears throat> she was she was in her right mind. Granite. Granted. Issues were happening to her. I understand that. What 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 was happening to her? I he, yeah, he deserved to die. He, he, <laughs> like, I, I get I it. Fully agree with. You. I get he it. He deserved to die, but she still committed murder. She would yes. be in prison. Yes, she might have been transferred <laughs> from a psychiatric ward to prison because she's no longer insane, but she would be in prison for the the just. 
the the horrendous murder of her. Well, hang. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. If, 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 if this, if this went to trial, see, I have the same problem that you do, but for Dr. Gray, if this goes to trial and it is found that she committed murder by way and she's insane and then the, oh, you're no longer insane. You're free to go. I'm fine with that. But you're, you're, you're not, (laughs) I'm just but you, you right. were never insane in the first place. We just thought you were insane, so we put you into a exactly. Psych ward. But now that we know that you're not exactly. insane, and you actually did this with a with you know you 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 clearly did this, and everything Chloe, that Chloe was saying in the beginning was from a clear stance, like she was being honest. Chloe, the whole time. Chloe. So we don't know a whole lot of backstory about Chloe, which is why I kind of forgive that. Like if there was a trial and the court case and everything else and she was found to be insane and she was, you know, committed to a psychiatric, excuse me, committed to a psychiatric facility and then, okay, you're well enough, you can leave now. I have no problem with that, but I do have a problem with Dr. Gray because she is not crazy. What she went through was a possession. What she went through, she was completely sane during everything. And you have Robert Downey Jr. who's now like, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. And you were completely sane during everything. We should have listened to you. She would be the one who's in prison because she flat out murdered her husband in a very gruesome fashion. I don't care if there was a possession or not. This is that you know. Yep. A year, a year later. And it's just like, nope, you're out. Walk. You're bye. Both of them. Both of them. They're both technically murderers, and they're both just let free. Yep. But hey, you need to have a happy ending. I ended that movie, and I was like, I I enjoy... So here's the thing. I enjoyed this movie in the sense that they do a really, really good job keeping the twist of the movie until the end. They do a really good job with that. You don't know who's who until the end. Um, the thriller aspect of this movie they did a really good job with the 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 filmography, just the way that they captured everything. They did a really good job with storyline. There was a few plot holes, a few major plot holes. <laughs> okay, that's where I get a little. That's where if those plot holes didn't exist, this movie would be a thousand times better than it is. Even though it's already a great film. It would be that much better if those plot holes and those story and those if they could fix those storylines, it'd be a drastically different story and it would probably be it would be a two hour movie, but it would be a way better movie at that point. I agree with you one hundred percent. I just think that this was in the era I, where two hour movies were superhero movies, not thrillers. I agree with you one hundred and ten percent. And I I stand by this. I don't think they needed the supernatural at all. I think they could have done this without it. I don't think they needed to introduce a possession. I don't think they needed to introduce a ghost. I think they could have done this entire movie without that. Yep. Because when you introduce things like that, everything else kind of gets thrown out the window. For example, the ending of this movie, how it's like, oh, there is an explosion that's about to happen because a spark happens near a leaking gas line. Like, oh, but no, because Ghost was there to stop the explosion from happening. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to explain 
everything else that happened within this facility away? How come the guards didn't hear her? How come they didn't hear her breaking the glass? How come the cameras didn't pick her up? How come what's going on with the camera on the inside of the cell when she's getting knocked around Fight Club style? You can explain all that away by just saying, oh, well, possession or by ghost. Yeah, sure. What? What? Why? No, no. I It's That's that. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. That's a problem. That's a problem that I have. Yeah, if they just made it like. Like if she had just snapped, that would have been a much better story. Like if she just had an episode and just went off. Miranda? Uh, Dr. Gray? Yeah. She's, she's just she's just crazy. Yeah, that would be a like, way better story. <laughs> They've done it where they're crazy. It, it would have been a different movie. Well, no, I'm saying like if, like if something caused her to do what she did besides being possessed. Way, like, I, I agree with you. It would have been a much different story, but a better story, in my opinion. You know, if she, she stumbles w- across, she stumbles across like a memento that her husband has from a victim and she just loses her mind. Or she stumbles across. Yeah, she loses her mind. She or she sees something like a video or something like that. Loses her mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't show any of it, though. Just like no. they did in this film. They don't show it. Then they, they could still start showing things. Leaving him out of the, leaving that part out until the end, um, and it would have made a whole better story. I I I 100% agree with you on this part. I would have been, would have been a much different story at that point. And I agree, I thoroughly agree. All right. But outside of uh, that, I still enjoyed the film though. This is one of those movies no, where so it's like I. you know, even though it was poorly written in some areas, it was still a great film, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I agree. This was a treat. I like this. I really. All right. So when I get introduced to something blind, I usually I'll, I'll like it a lot more than if I just stumble across it by chance. And lately, uh, the things that you and Lee have both recommended to me, I've enjoyed, except for a dreamcatcher. Um, <laughs> passion in the that, desert. That was wow. Huh? And passion in the desert. Listen, Passion in the Desert is a treasure, okay? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> passion in the Desert is a treasure. It's so bad. It's all it's like it's up there for conversation because it is so bad. If it wasn't so bad, no, you're it it wouldn't it wouldn't even be on topic you, at all. You are 100% right. You are 110% right. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyways, this movie, <laughs> I liked it. Will I watch it again? Maybe. Yeah, like Maybe. a few years from now. I, I it's one of those. Th- a few years from yeah. now, it's like, hey, you know, I stumble across it. Conversation happens. I'll watch it again. Is it one of those things? Probably. So to, to, to change topic real quick, I had a friend of mine, um, which kind of makes me want to watch it. Um, speaking of just different movies now. Um, Wakanda Forever. I've heard stories that it was actually a really good movie. Yeah. I've heard that a couple of times from a couple of different people. I don't know because the first, the first Black Panther movie was such a phenomenal. Like it was, I thought it was amazing, and the, like Chadwick Boseman is just like, uh, I don't, I, I don't know about carrying on with that franchise. Like without him, this soon after he's gone, especially like the, 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 he was sick and the way that he went out, eh. 
that just se- it seems tasteless to me in a way. Well, Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it a ninety-four, which most that's crazy. Which most people do when it's Marvel. But here's the crazy thing: is the critics gave it an eighty-four, so it really wasn't that much of a difference from one to the other. That's, that's interesting. Insane. So I, I'm I might be actually intrigued to watch it. Maybe that's a possibility. Well, I'll probably watch it like when it comes out on like Disney Plus. I'm not going to go to the theater yeah. and watch it. I'll, oh, okay. Unless uh, right. unless someone's like, "Hey, do you want to go see it?" And you know, I'm not going to go looking for, you know, someone to. No, I know what you mean. Because here's the thing: I know is if mean. I look at, um, let me see here. If we look at the same thing for Eternals. <laughs> Audience score, 77. Critic score, you ready for this? I'm ready. 47. Wow. That's, wow. That movie tanked. That's, I don't understand. I, I like that movie. I hated it. I hated I liked it. that movie. I thought it was cool. Two hours and 40 minutes long. It okay if you're just saying that because you don't like long movies. I no, I, get it. I like a lot of the Marvel movies, and most Marvel movies are over two hours. This movie, it was just it was like eight stories in one. It was lackluster, and where like where's where is this giant god thing that is creeping out of the planet of like the Earth? The rest of the time, like no one knows, like no one knows where this thing is. Like no one sees it. Like, come on. Um, but it does, it does. Wakanda forever though does look pretty intriguing now. I'm going to wait till it comes out on Disney plus and go and see it. Um, or I might rent it on Amazon or something like that, but I, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I'm not, you know, pining after it right not now. Not going to go out of your way to see it. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be really honest with you. I'm still not going out of my way to see anything Marvel. I'm I'm uh, I'm yeah I'm I'm. They are doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I know, and I'm kind of excited for that. That one. Did you see the Indiana Jones Five trailer? Lee showed it to me. I am not I even like, remotely interested in Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of glad I wasn't a fan of that of that franchise when I was growing up. You missed out. Because it's, it's like, I, I understand I missed out, but I'm also like, I don't have to go through the heartbreak of the past couple of Indiana Jones movies that came out. No, so just one. I'm happy. Just one. Well, this is going to be two. The, the trailer looks promising compared to the, the last movie. It seems like they, you, like they made up for the last movie. I think I think a lot of people who say that have their fan eyes on. I could. Like this is gonna be the one. This is gonna be the one. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be your return to form. Like like I've heard that a million times over the past what, fifteen, twenty years. Star Wars. That Hollywood has been stuck in this this reboot, rehash, redo thing. Well, they're that not it's rebooting in, it. Like, they're continuing on with the same timeline. So he's further so he actually is further along. When they did the first three, it was during World War II. Now it's much... When they did the fourth one, it was at, in the 50s, in the 60s. Now it's further along, and 
they're actually keeping up with the timeline as if he was getting old, like because he is getting older. Um, he is getting older. So they're doing a good job with that. I, I think they just tried to overdo it with the last movie with um, some of the some of the special effects and stuff like that. So I'm 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 going in with not high hopes, but with a little bit of you know my skeptical glasses are on with that movie if I go see it. Um, but I'll probably still see it just because it's Indiana Jones and I liked Indiana. I like the first the first three were fantastic. I loved them. Absolutely loved them. So okay, so. But with that, I'm all set with, uh, I'm good to go with Gothica, if you are. Uh, yeah, we've been done for a while. Yeah. I think we're, listen, let's be honest, we're both just killing time because Lee is not scheduled to show up for like another half hour. So. True. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But we're going to wrap this one up. Yes, we are. We're done with Gothica. It was fun. Have a good one, everybody. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>